Have you ever wondered about the relationship between your Christian walk today and the Jewish people? After all, Jesus came to earth as the Messiah, and the book of Romans tells Gentile Christians they were grafted into the olive tree of the Jewish nation. What does that really mean? Those are the kinds of questions Kurt Landry addresses in this special three-part Charisma Connection series reflecting on the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. We'll be discussing these topics with Kurt once a month, running from October through December. Stay tuned. Thinking about buying or refinancing a home? Now's a great time. Check out Christian Community Credit Union's low-rate home loans. Home equity lines of credit are available, too. For a limited time only, get a special offer of no closing costs on a home equity line of credit. And when your home loan or equity credit line funds, you'll get a free eight-piece culinary set. Plus, when you bank with Christian Community Credit Union, your money helps churches and ministries thrive. Don't miss out on their great rate for a new member welcome certificate. For more details, just visit myccu.com cpn. Or you can call 800-347-CCCU, extension 4445. Again, that's myccu.com cpn. Or... 800-347-CCCU, extension 4445. Each account is insured up to $250,000. By member's choice, this institution is not federally insured. Christian Community Credit Union is an equal opportunity lender. Get your free book, Managing God's Money, by Randy Alcorn when you open an account and become a member. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. In our first episode in this special series on the Jewish roots of the Christian faith, we addressed how Christians can reclaim their forgotten heritage. Today, Kurt Landry shares with us what covenant is and how it impacts our relationship with Christ. So welcome once again, Kurt, to Charisma Connection. Well, Chris, it's exciting and wonderful to be here, and I love this subject. This has pretty much been, you know, when the Lord downloads to to different people uh, subjects or, you know, power messages, this would be definitely one of the top in my life, in my experience. Hmm. Well, it seems like a very important one. Let's see if we can dig in a little bit. In the Old Testament, we see God making covenants with his people And when I think of the word covenant, I think of like a very serious promise or a vow or an agreement between parties. Now, what does it say about God that he's a covenant-making God? Um, Well, let let me immediately go into the benefits of even doing research into the covenants of God. Okay, there's there's several covenants in the Bible, and we'll touch on some of that today. Mm-hmm. But from a personal standpoint, um, I think what the, what you're asking is we need to know that God is not a man that he should lie. Okay, yes. and that's a covenant statement. He cannot break covenant. Okay, once once he sets a a law, a covenant in order then he is subject to his own word 
in his own infrastructure of, of what he's promising. And, and so as the creation of God, we are the sons and daughters and created in his image. He knows that in this fallen world, that if we will live according to his laws and instructions, then we avoid the consequences of the legal right of Satan to inflict curses and, uh, and chaos into our life. So I would say that the biggest takeaway of understanding covenants is there's a personal connection to God as the supreme being, meaning that he is, he is in control. And, you know, uh, Chris, we've all experienced this. Maybe you haven't. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't, I don't know you well enough to say that, but as a pastor, I can tell you, all of us go through times where we wonder when it gets so bad, well, maybe Satan somehow has stepped over the line and maybe he's in control. You know, there's that thought that comes. And, and obviously we know soberly that that's not true. But the reason we know it's not true is because of the principle of covenant, that God has a covenant with us that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Also, there's a personal power covenant that we have with the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians, we read about it, Ephesians 3.20 it says that the power that works within us wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And what that is, that's a covenant statement, Chris. That is saying that the covenants of God are actually more abundant than what our carnal mind could ask or think. And for me, that's, the, I mean, that's a powerful statement. And, and that's why our covenant with the Holy Spirit, personally, what it does is it, it allows us to be baby maybe better abiding or in better relationship, knowing that the importance of keeping that relationship with the Holy Spirit. And third, uh, personal removal of sin and inequities in the family line, those are covenants. The expungement of sin, salvation, is a covenant act. When Jesus went to the cross as the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, he was fulfilling at Passover a covenant act because there is no expungement of sin without the shedding of blood. So, so, so there is the, uh, the, our salvation is, is a covenant act. Um, personal transformation into his image, that's a covenant act. When God said uh, in the book of Genesis, let us create man in our image. That's a covenant promise. It's not like, hey, what do you think about this? It's, it's a covenant statement. Uh, personal victories and happiness. Every time we have personal victories and happiness, those victories, those are covenant acts. And when we understand that, that God is not a man that he should lie, and he's fulfilling his covenants in our life, that's where the joy of the Lord comes. That's where personal peace, rest come from. Uh, protection uh, in the Lord. Psalm 91, where we abide under the shelter of his wing. Those are covenant promises. And of course, the strongest one that most of us understand is the personal guarantee of eternal life. And of course, the personal guarantee of eternal life is a covenant statement that means that that when we call on the name of the Lord, the scripture says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those are all legal terms. Those are judicial terms in the courts of heaven. 
and your name is actually written in a book. And so that when you die and you go to heaven, that's a, they, they look into a legal book so that you have a legal entrance into heaven. Does, is that what you're asking me for? Well, that you unpacked that much more than I expected. So that that's a beautiful thing. I mean, uh, this this is going to give people something to go back and and dig into the word about. I think. I really wanted to know what the character of God was, and I think that you really touched on that. So, who all does God make covenant with? Okay, there is uh, there are eight biblical covenants between God and humanity that are found in the Bible. Two are conditional, and six are unconditional. And I talk about this in my book. I uh, I put this in, and and uh, in fact, the question was uh, with Thomas Nelson. They they said, well, maybe we should take this out. And I said, no, I think it's important, even if it's not something you use in your daily life, but I think that it's a, it's a covenant that I think if people see the pattern of it in the Bible and realize that they can start looking biblically at, at the Bible as a legal document, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. It, it actually is a legal document to your, your, to, to your, your heirs of salvation, which means that, that these, these are, uh, it's, like a, it's like a will, last will and testament. Hmm. This is, you know, what the Lord has, has left to us. But... Um, you know, there's the uh, Edith covenant that God made with Adam. There's a Mosaic covenant that, that God made with Moses. There's an Adamic covenant uh, that is unconditional. The first two are conditional. There is a covenant with Noah, a Noahic covenant that's unconditional. There's an Abrianic covenant, which is the first the, uh theocratic covenant made between God and Abraham that represents all of mankind. And this covenant is very important because for Christians, we are grafted in. So when Paul talks about us being grafted into the olive tree, we are actually grafted into this Adamic covenant. And then there's land covenants. And that's, that's the, that's the battle in the Middle East right now is there's land covenants these were covenants made with God and Moses, and they're distinct, and God with Abraham. And it's important. These are title deeds to Pacific pieces of land, and they are absolutely unconditional. So that's why when the United States of America, if you look at the history, Chris, where, where um, the United States says, listen, it would be a really good deal. Let's advise Israel to negotiate land for peace. And then there's uh, hurricanes, and then there's earthquakes, and there's all these bad things that happen. Uh, and, and the reason that happens is that these are unconditional covenants. When, when God made a promise to Abraham at Bethel in Israel, and he says, all that you can see, this is yours, that's not subject, to, that is a covenant with, that God made with Isaac. And, and so when Ishmael, the uh, Arabs, when they come in, they have their land, they have their covenant, but this belongs to Isaac. These are unconditional covenants. And, and so when the scripture says, and my people perish for lack of knowledge, it's the lack of knowledge of understanding that, you know what, you're beating your head up against the wall here. Uh, you, you need to live in the covenant 
and you need to believe it. And then those who are outside it need to leave it alone because I'm not going to budge. And, um, and of course, then we have the Davidic covenant, which amplifies the seed and the characteristic of Abraham's covenant. And then we have the new covenant, which most Christians are, are very uh, familiar with. And the new covenant was made between God and mankind and was based purely upon grace. And it guarantees God's promises as yes and amen through the blood of Jesus. Well, I want to step back. You mentioned conditional versus unconditional. I want to make sure people understand what that means. So I think with conditional, it's where people have a part to play. And where it's unconditional, we don't have a part to play. Would you say that's true? Yes, Chris. Uh, it's in the scripture. I don't have it in front of me, but um, it's in Deuteronomy. And the scripture says, today I put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. That's a conditional covenant. If you choose life, then uh, you receive that blessing. And if you choose death, then you receive the curse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you uh, touched on the new covenant. Now, could you just be very clear about what the Bible means about the old covenant and what the Bible means about the new covenant? Okay. There are 1,500 references in the new covenant to the old. And I think probably the, the way to, to sum that up would be to actually, um, Jesus sums it up far better than I can. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to borrow his notes here. Okay. Um, and then we can, this would be a great place for conversation. In Matthew, 5, in Matthew 5, 17 and 19, Jesus says, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth passes away, not the smallest level, letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of God. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of God. So what we're exploring here is greatness and teaching in the kingdom of God, or be considered the least of these teaching in the kingdom of God. So the balance of answering your question is the New Testament is grace and fulfillment of all the covenants through the blood of Jesus, but we fulfill them all by loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. So uh, that in itself is a condensed version of the nature and the intent of every covenant that God has made conditional and unconditional. And it's the grace of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the blood of Jesus for the greatest gift that God ever gave to man is for us to say, Lord, I repent. I'm guilty. Please forgive me of my sins. And that our sins are expunged at the power of repentance. And we're not trapped in the Old Testament, which would be have to say, man, I sure hope I don't die before Yom Kippur. 
you know, mm-hmm. because they only had one day where they could repent for the sins of the people and the sins of the nation. And praise God for us in the new covenant that we actually can call on the Lord. And the scripture says that the Lord's mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Amen. I needed that this morning, didn't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, need, I need that every morning. Yes. And, and Chris, it's the power of understanding the covenants is not to put you under any kind of legalistic uh, um, bondage. What it is, is to understand the nature of how spiritually things operate here on earth. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand the nature of God and the, the nature of the earth and the nature of our enemy, then all those are better understood when we understand our covenant right. And I think that's why I've become a student. I don't want to call myself an expert, but I, I really pressed into the covenants because when I got saved, I got saved late in life at 36 and um, I was a corporate businessman and, um, you know, I'm used to operating in contracts. And so I, I just went into the Bible and I said, well, what, what is God trying to convey here? What, what is God's purpose? And so as I started to, to study the New Testament, I realized this is my empowerment and my grace. But in the, in the, in the law and the prophets is, so to say, the law is our legal boundaries for success. And the prophet is the business plan of what God's going to do now and in the future. Hmm. I never heard anyone describe it like that. Well, that was just my personal <laughs> curt mind. You know, <laughs> I didn't get saved young. So I was like, and, and, and one of the things I said, Chris, I hope it's not getting too personal. But when I got saved, my mind immediately went to this. God is great. Okay. I mean, I knew that. I knew that before I got saved, but I thought if he's so great, then his ways have got to be better than our ways. Mm-hmm. And so I just started to press in and I, I really became very obsessed with studying the Bible. And I mean, I just, I, I just loved it. And I thought I've got to find out like how he operates and what he's, what is he doing and why did he create me and how do I cooperate with him and, and, uh, and then how, I mean, what's our purpose? What, why are we here? And that's why I wrote the book, uh, Reclaiming Our Forgotten Heritage, because I found a mystery for me. For probably about 10 or 15 years, Chris, I pressed into purpose. And I realized that in order to fulfill purpose, I needed my identity. And see, your identity is a covenant, uh, is a covenant um, uh, statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had our second uh, grandchild, and Congratulations. When we left the hospital. Well, thank you. And when we left the hospital, guess what? They handed us a covenant document, had little footprints on it, hmm. and it's called a birth certificate. Mm-hmm. That is a covenant statement. That child will be what that statement says, all until the end of his life. That's who he is. Where he was born, time, weight, everything, name. That's a covenant statement his whole life legally will function off that name. Well, excellent. So is it the legal document? I, it, it just really relates to these covenants so well. 
Well, our time is almost up in this big, big discussion. How would you like to conclude it, Kurt? I would like to conclude it with when you belong to a family, you need to understand the traditions, the nature, and how that family's lifestyle reinforces the covenants of the family. Okay. So like in my family, uh, there are certain things that we do at Thanksgiving. Okay. And I did, Christy and I didn't create those. My grandparents did some of them. My parents did it. And all of our parents have gone to be with the Lord. And so now Christy and I are carrying on what our grandparents and our parents did with certain dishes we fix, uh, certain desserts and how we celebrate. I mean, I know I have other desserts that I like better, but in honor of the patriarchs in the family, we will always have that dessert. And then we tell stories to the grandchildren about how grandma or great grandma, why we did this. And, and some of them are really rich um, in, in, the, in the times and seasons, because we have grandparents that were raised during the Great Depression. And so... All that's incorporated into, let's say, this Thanksgiving uh, dinner table so that the Landry's know the story of the Landry's and they can be better Landry's. Well, that's what covenant's all about, Chris, is if you want to be a better kingdom Christian, you need to know what God and Israel and the people went through to become the Israel of God. Hmm. So where's the best place for people to start? to learn about the covenants for perhaps in the, the script in the scriptures. Um, well, with Google, uh, you can go in and you can start to, to Google, uh, God's covenant, but you have, uh, you have some books there at charisma, uh, on covenant teaching that, that are, um, uh, you know, really good. Uh, I think I would recommend some of those. Perry Stone's done some great teaching on covenant. As far as basic teaching in uh, the Reclaiming Our Forgotten, in my book would be a good place to start in the covenant section. You know, you can you can start there because everything everything I just uh, talked to you about, uh, I pulled out of my book to my memory for for this podcast this, today. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say that um, on some of the covenant teaching, um, uh, you can Google or you can go with uh, Perry Stone is, has some excellent covenant teaching. And um, uh, I, I'm not I'm not pulling up a, a specific book at this time, but uh, and you that, also have uh, some things start. on your website. Um, um, I think your website is KurtLandry.com. Is that correct? Yes. Well, at KurtLandry.com, we, we did a whole teaching called the Covenant Series. In fact, I, I was um, uh, back in the day, this has probably been seven or eight years ago, we did Covenant Series, and um, uh, it was on Sid Roth, mm -hmm. and it was a, it was a number one uh, a seller on his program, because this was, man, it's probably longer than this, Chris, but it was a long time ago, but we did a program um, but I have some current covenant teachings on our webpage that are, that are really good, that are teaching, preaching, 
where there's really impartations, uh, and I break down the different covenants. Very good. So many resources are available, and uh, you've just, you dived right in today, and I just think this is fantastic because there are so many things in here that I didn't know, and I'm sure our listeners didn't know. So, Kurt Landry, thanks so much for being with us on this episode of Charisma Connection as we continue this series, and uh, thanks for sharing your insights into this beautiful teaching on covenants. You're welcome. Listeners, join us next time as we understand more of our heritage and identity in Christ. I'm Chris Johnson. Blessings to you this day. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.